Welcome to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Welcome back to episode number three of Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women. I'm Dr. Alex Ridley, and I'm really excited to jump into today's episode where we are going to continue laying the foundations for you know, where this show is based, where we're going to be going in the future, and really just get you on the path of starting to think about some of these things. And what I'm going to tackle today is a lot of the myths and beliefs that we hold as women and as a society around what it means to be healthy, what it looks like, what we're supposed to do, and how to get there. Um, And also how our life just these days really ties into this. And, you know, I want to open up this conversation with uh, example and another little story. So on the previous episode, you know, we were talking about the healthcare industry and our health crisis and how we've really become the society where we are not proactive when it comes to our health. And the best example that I have been able to find, he's the best and also for women, maybe like not the best <laughs> is, but example of just someone who really could took on being proactive in their health throughout their whole life was Jack LaLanne. And Jack LaLanne is known as the grandfather of the, uh, you know, he's known for juicing more recently, but he was known as the grandfather of the fitness and wellness industry really um, way back in the day when, when he was born. And when he was 17, he sat in a nutrition lecture and learned about how to take care of himself. And so he was the guy that at 54, he bested a 20-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger in a powerlifting competition. And I think when he was 72, he swam a mile pulling 72 tugboats with a person in each one, or like rowboats, just because he could. So, you know, he just lived out and embodied this idea of really being proactive about taking care of himself. Like he, he practiced what he preached and, and did that. And there's a couple of things that we can glean from that. You know, one, he was like the first man of his time. I think he really got started in the 40s and guys weren't into lifting weights and, you know, powerlifting or any of that stuff back then. And but also, you know, the time period was really different back then. And today, and especially as women, you know, the other thing that is going for him is he's a guy. And ladies, I don't know if you've experienced this, but it's like our husbands or our spouses or our friends who are male, they can decide to start working out. And I've experienced this coaching too in the the few males that I've coached. It's like, well, you know, you said you were going to go to the gym five days last week. Did you do it? And it's like, yeah, I did. And that's just it. You know, they just commit and they decide they're going to do it and they, you know, lose weight and do all that things. It's like snapping the fingers. It's just like that. And I know for us women, this can be incredibly frustrating. And so I want to really get into debunking some of the things that that you know male physique and that they they operate physiologically differently like there's a difference in how men operate and that's not to say that's men aren't still affected by some of the things that we are today as women as well but it becomes a different conversation for us as women because society has changed so much and when i was going through my women's health coaching certification i came across and learned some from uh, a woman named dr libby weaver and my 
one of my big goals with this show is to someday get Dr. Libby Weaver on the show to do an interview. Um, and I'm going to you know, be working on that. But for now, I just want to share a little bit of what she actually talks about. She's a biochemist uh, based in New Zealand, and she did a TED Talk on the title was um, The Pace of Modern Life Versus Our Cavewoman Biochemistry. And what she really gets into is, you know, in our modern life today, we are much busier than we used to be. And especially for us who are, you know, in high performing roles, we are leading, we are career woman and home mom and all of these things, you know, we were doing a business. It's, I kind of think of, you know, like the Proverbs 31 woman who sounds like this. I've, I've seen criticism where it's like, how can I ever live up to that kind of, you know, person who's providing for the family and doing all this stuff and, you know, just has all this energy and all this, all this stuff. And I like to make the argument and the contention that that is actually, it's, it's a bit idealistic, but it's not impossible because you can become like that energetic, you know, excited woman who feels like you're contributing in all these different ways and like still feel rejuvenated and have energy at the end of the day, hence the name rejuvenated woman uh, or women. But Dr. Libby Weaver, what she gets into is, you know, we have changed so much from our caveman ancestry. And I'm not here to get into like creationism theory or, you know, any versus evolutionism and Darwinism, all that stuff. I might talk about that someday because quantum physics is interesting in that. But, you know, just looking at how we've evolved over time, even looking back 50 years ago and, you know, with technology and all the stuff that we have, how busy we are, how busy our kids are. You know, I'm not arguing that it's good, but it's different. And so what's happened is we have two sides of our brain. There's the primitive brain and there's the intellectual brain. And our intellectual brain thinks that things like going for a run, for example, is a good way to lose weight and reduce stress. However, if you think back to when we actually used to run way back in the day, the only time you would run is if something was trying to kill you, like chase you and kill you, like there's a bear chasing you or a tiger or whatever, or if you were actually out hunting and trying to kill something else. So it was it totally in this fight or flight response, like you are either chasing something or being chased. And that was the only time that we actually ever ran. And so physiologically, when we go for a run or go do a long session of cardio, which is one of the primary things that we think as women is what we're supposed to do. And I would argue men think this somewhat too, but um, you know, we think this is what we're supposed to do in order to lose weight or to get fit or to reduce our stress. This used to be me to a T. And the reality is because our physiological response is that, oh no, something's chasing me and trying to kill me and eat me, it actually increases our stress. So we're taking all these things we're juggling. We're running on this selfless syndrome treadmill. We're, you know, doing all this stuff for everyone and everything else. We're like, yes, I'm finally going to take some time for myself. And we go out for a run and we just make it worse. And, you know, I experienced this when after my son was born, he was about a year old. My marriage was really starting to go downhill. And I was like, I need something. I'm going to start running again. So I had a baby and a 40 pound stroller and we lived in a really hilly area. And I would go out and try to run. And as soon as I had to start going up that hill, I would just tank and I would give up. I didn't have the emotional, mental fortitude, you know, all the things that you need to really push yourself through to get back into running with a toddler and a stroller to do it. And I was so frustrated because I felt like that was what I needed to de-stress. And then I came across Dr. Libby Weaver and she shared that, you know, she used to be a serial runner and, and do all these things. And she's also obviously a doc, has a PhD in biochemistry and all this stuff. And, 
she at some point you know so she would run like two hours a day that was her her stress relief at some point she started leading a wellness retreat and she just didn't have time anymore she got up at four and went for a gentle walk with the participants and you know led them through some yoga and they ate good food and they had a lot of mindfulness and meditation and she found that the only thing that really changed in her day was the not running and she actually lost more weight and was far less stressed and much healthier by giving up on the running so I want to tie this together in, you know, the other thing that we do commonly as women, if we're trying to lose weight or, you know, that we've been taught that the, the people like Jacqueline who were so fit and had like 0% body fat and all that, you know, stuff that men do that's not healthy for women. One of the big things we've been taught is that our calories in should be less than our calories out and then you, you lose weight. And that, you know, makes sense conceptually, but here's the problem for us women. We also chronically under eat it actually we are supposed to be eating at least 1800 calories a day generally speaking ladies in order to just be healthy and normal i found that the average of the women that i work with on a one-to-one basis are typically eating 1200 calories or less a day and so what that does is again it triggers this fight or flight response mechanism in us and at some point down the road we're going to talk about ours is actually more tender and befriend as females but you know, it triggers that response. And so it tells the body it's starving. And so instead of burning fat, it will start to store everything that you eat as fat so that it can survive the starvation. And so we're just setting ourselves up to really fail and in the process causing more harm, more damage and more stress to our bodies to where, you know, we think we're doing things for ourselves and maybe trying to get off that selfless syndrome treadmill and, and all that, but we're actually just hurting ourselves even more. And, you know, where we're going to be going in this is, is taking the steps to really reinvent this whole process and stop doing some of the crazy things out there, you know, that come across in fad diets, in, you know, the different workouts and, and different things. And we're going to talk about really trying to find what's right for you. Because if you're someone who's been functioning at a high stress level, you know, you've, you've got your career, you've got your family life, you've got... Um, you know, volunteer stuff that you do in the community, you've got all this stuff on your plate. And whether or not it feels stressful, I promise that it is causing stress. I'll give a quick example here. I had a client who came in and worked with me and she was a a physical fitness trainer. Um, She was a mom to three. Their youngest was adopted and had pretty severe autism. And so most of her day and life was spent fighting with doctors and, you know, going to different appointments, traveling with her daughter and dealing with, you know, people not understanding her emotional responses and just the the way the autism brain works and, and all of that. And so super high stress, right? All of us can see that. But to her, she'd just been dealing with it for so long. So she kept saying, well, I'm not stressed. No, I'm not stressed. But her body had actually reached the point where her adrenals were just completely shot. She had entered what we call HPA axis uh, dysregulation. And so, you know, it's not just adrenal fatigue anymore. There's a whole chain of events that happen and cause complete dysregulation in the body. And so she was just shot. She had no sex drive. She would try to run and was just exhausted. She was leading classes, but, you know, and, and working out probably five or six days a week, but was still 30 pounds overweight. And she just was super frustrated. She counted her calories and her macros and micros, like to the, you know, smallest portion, like a smallest amount number that she could. She did that every day. She tracked all that stuff. And she was just incredibly frustrated that she wasn't getting anywhere. 
And so we finally, this is the final piece that I wanted to talk about today, which was, you know, what do you do when you feel like you're doing everything right? And, you know, some of that right is actually potentially wrong, but <laughs> just based on what we talked about today, but you feel like you're doing everything right and you're eating well and you're exercising and you're, and you, you're not getting anywhere or you feel even more depleted or you feel like you've just plateaued. And one of the you know, most valuable things that I would say Western medicine has brought us is lab testing. And, but it's not just any lab testing because most, like if you go to your Western medical doctor, most of the tests that they do and the range that they give you is not based on a normal function. It's based on a bell curve of a sick population. You know, would you say our population is getting healthier or sicker? It's getting sicker. And so they base those normals on that bell curve. So it really has nothing to do with function, which is why you can go and be told that your labs are totally normal and there's nothing wrong with you. And you can feel like there's something very wrong with you. Okay. And so this you know, woman who had worked with me had, she, she'd been down this road and, and through all of this stuff. And so we ran what I call a functional lab test where, you know, we really, it breaks down the hormones and exactly what's going on. And it was through this that we learned that she, you know, had almost no cortisol, which cortisol is a stress hormone. It is what's responsible for, you know, you need certain levels of it just to function normally. But if we have too much stress or we're not sleeping well, there gets all kinds of things that can mess up our cortisol levels. So hers had been so high for so long, they finally, her adrenals just shut down and stopped producing cortisol. And so she didn't have any, and that had then in turn messed up her her testosterone was low and she had some other components of this hormone panel that just were completely off and explained why she was having such a hard time losing weight, you know, having a sex drive, having any energy and just feeling good despite all her work that she was doing and all the studying she'd done to really try to figure this out. And so what we did, she was willing to really transform and take on, you know, how she was exercising and really take on trying to manage her stress and finding ways to de-stress inside of a constant stressful situation. Because sometimes, you know, we can't control our circumstances necessarily, but we have to learn how to really come at them and allow ourselves that time to de-escalate. Because when we don't de-escalate, bad things happen and we crash, which is part of my story and also part of this woman's story. So to make a kind of wrap this story up, she stopped running. She started just lifting weights and she started actually taking time for herself to like take a bath or watch a show or, you know, do some of the things that she just absolutely would never do. And it took a while as she, we also supported her with some Ayurvedic herbs and some essential oils, but you know, over time her energy came up, her sex drive started to improve and she started to lose weight finally. And all of that was this shift in how she approached exercise, how she approached what makes her well, and how she approached her life and herself. And so there's, in wrapping this up, you know, there's a couple things I want to share with this. This is probably a lot of information. Some of it you may not have heard before. Some of it might be totally radically new and different. But what I want you to really take away from this, you know, from what Dr. Libby, Libby Weaver talks about, from our perception of what it means to be healthy and what, you know, being proactive with our health really looks like. For us ladies, Sometimes it actually means taking a step back and bringing in something gentle because we are so high functioning and high stress. It might mean doing yoga. It might mean going for walks and not going for a run. It might mean just 
you know, deep, deep breathing, abdominal breathing. It could mean any of these things. But what you have to look at is what's been going on to, in your life up to this point. Not just, you know, that you've gained weight or that you don't have any energy or that you don't feel well or maybe you have been diagnosed with something. But what has actually been going on up to this point in your life? What has your stress been like? Where has it been coming from? How have you been dealing with it? And looking at all those pieces and having that, you know, in a mindful way, inform you what it is that you're supposed to do in taking the next steps forward and how you're really, how you're supposed to approach your body and what it needs in terms of moving forward and healthy, because it's not cookie cutter. It's not Jack Lane. It's not go vegan. It's not go keto. It's not go paleo. It's not intermittent fasting. It's not, you know, uh, carb cycling is the thing we're going to hear about a lot this year in 2020. It's not any of those things necessarily for some of you those might work great. And that's, you know, you're part of that group that that's what that's designed for. But for a lot of you, it's, you know, and I would argue the majority, it's about finding our individual needs and really being aware of ourselves enough to start to tweak what we do to be and stay healthy towards what our body is actually telling us that it needs and and all the things that have happened up to this point. So, you know, that kind of wraps up, doesn't kind of, it wraps up. our foundations for what this podcast is about. And my, my whole goal with this podcast and with where we're going is to really share, you know, the outside perspective, the, the tools, the tips, the knowledge that you need to go through this yourself and you become the master of you and your transformation and your health. And this become another thing where you can step back and be in full control of what you and your body needs because it's both possible and, you know, I'll share stories similar to the one I shared today of women that I've worked with and, the, you know, the challenges they've had and what they've been over, able to overcome just by really taking on the six pillars of health that I talk about and by working through the process and by showing up and doing the work, honestly. So, um, you know, I hope this has been transformational, honestly, on some level, like this information is not the kind of stuff that you hear every day, but it's the stuff that we as women who are trying to lead and do all these things, we really need to wake up to and be aware of and start to really, instead of pushing us ourselves to the back burner, become aware of ourselves and become aware of what we really need and be willing to make the time and the place for it because we will be better and we will be able to more effectively and powerfully serve and lead in that scenario. So, you know, based on the the woman I was sharing about today, her name is Dana, but on Dana's story, you know, we know that now that she has more energy and she's more connected with her husband because they're able to be intimate again. And, you know, she's, she's a better fitness instructor. She's a better mom to her daughter who, you know, she's just loving and supporting in her own fight to be as healthy as possible. She's just a better, you know, showing up better in the world. She's happier. She's, you know, got a light in her life. And that wasn't there until she really was able to connect the dots of what had gotten her to where she got and how to really get out of it and how to let go of some of those stereotypes and myths and things that we believe that we need to do in order to lose weight and look good and feel good and all of those things. Um, So that wraps up today and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Rejuvenated Women, Impeccable Health for High-Performing Women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a review. 
Each month, I'll select one lucky reviewer to receive a special impeccable health sample kit from me. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in my private Facebook group for high-performing women who are ready to transform their health and lives called the Tribe of Rejuvenated Women. There you'll have access to free trainings, a community of like-minded women from around the world, and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become vibrant, energetic, and on fire. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about.